1: Well, turn the page over to football because it's football season. Excited to be on hour number two. Joe Galena, George Kurtz. Lots going on yesterday in baseball. We covered that in the first hour. Now we're going to talk football. We're going to get into the AFC South, which I would argue is one of the most competitive divisions. Maybe the most competitive division top to bottom in the entire NFL. I'm sure NFC North fans will uh, be arguing with me, but I would say it's right there. And there was a bunch of player news out of there yesterday. We, as I mentioned uh, previously, we are going to talk with Jason Braddock uh, about a little over an hour from now about the Texans in camp. But a piece of news that came out of there yesterday, George, is that they just waived Deontay Foreman, and he's been a guy that we thought that they were waiting on, waiting on, waiting on to take over for Lamar Miller. who Has been disappointing, and now they just outright waived him. Now, you posited yesterday that maybe, maybe that that could be a landing spot for Melvin Gordon. We talked yesterday about the cap room that they have. Now, one of the guys that was seemingly part of the backfield is out. So, am I crazy to think that they're opening up some room? Probably.
2: Probably. I mean, I don't think one has anything to do with the other here. Uh, now when we talked yesterday. Uh, I'm, there's only three teams in the NFL if you're looking for a Melvin Gordon trade. There are only three teams that I can possibly see him going to that that, that he had the need here. Uh, one was obviously Houston. I think I think it'd be great for him to go to Houston. Absolutely great. I think I, I was disappointed they didn't make a uh, a stronger run at Le'Veon Bell. In the offseason here, I think uh, Gordon would be a nice upgrade over Lamar Miller. You know, take some of that pressure off Hopkins there. Take some of the pressure off the Sean Watson there. You know, for me, Miller was just, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, that sort of thing. The other team, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. You know, they need a running back. Uh, I know Chris Venter and his free Rojo campaign uh, is funny, but uh, I, I don't know if I believe in Rojo. certainly don't believe in uh, any uh, Peyton Barber. I think they released Jacquees uh, Rogers there. So they'll believe in that. And the, uh, the third team... And once again, this is, this is all pines. This is all assumes that the Chargers want to trade or they'll be willing to trade. We don't know that. You know, like Buffalo Bills yeah. could be uh, in play here as well. But they, they drafted a rookie here, so I don't think they would be in on Gordon, Gordon that. This is not a knock on Gordon, but I think Gordon's very good. It would help most teams. But most teams have a decent running back or don't have the cap room. Because remember, not only do you got to give up some kind of talent or picks to get Gordon, but then you got to sign him. And obviously he wants more than $10 million a year, so you've got to sign for a significant contract. So it's tough to do that in August. But I do think the Gordon situation in uh, the Chargers is going to last a while. I think it's going to go into the season. I don't, I don't think the Chargers are going to come down or go, I should say, go up much. I don't think they're going to. You know, I don't think they realize they have over-leverage here. That they have backups that could be 80% of what Gordon is, and that if Gordon doesn't come back, they'll pick it up on defense, they'll pick it up with a passing game, and they're not going to pay him. I guess the bottom line is they're not going to pay Gordon what he wants. So unless he comes down significantly, I think we have a long hold out here.
1: And Chargers only have $10 million in cap space, Joe. Texans have forty. The only team with more cap space available right now is the Colts in the whole league. So the Texans do have room to do it. If you ask me, I was sort of positing that theory, but – If you ask me, I would guess that Bill O'Brien, who's effectively the GM, he's gotten two GMs fired in the last 24 (laughs) months, less than that. I would think he might not want to pay. I'd say he wouldn't want to pay for a running back. He's not going to want to pay whatever it is. Call it $12 million uh, for a running back a year. But he does have the money. The problem is, and we're going to talk about this probably extensively with Jason Braddock, Jadavion Clowney isn't signed either. A lot of reason that the room is there is because they need to spend money on Clowney. Now, they haven't come to an agreement. He's been tagged. He hasn't signed the tender. He's staying away from camp. And that's just sort of where they're at right now. It's a standstill. They expect him to come back, but what else are they going to say? But would you see that as a possible landing spot? I just don't know if they're going to pay for him, Joe.
3: You're asking if I think that uh, Gordon landing spot with the Texans. Uh, yeah, it, so it, or do you think Gordon's makes, on the move? Yeah, yeah it kind of makes... Well, yeah, obviously the Chargers are not you know, the, playing it close to the vest and they're saying they're not going to trade him. Uh, Texans would be a good landing spot for him, but it, you're, you're right. they got to save some money up and, and pay up on Clowney. Uh, and basically, I mean... When you think about it, uh, you know, what, what's important for a team to, to win a, a Super Bowl? And uh, uh, George's uh, team owner, Jerry Jones, brought it up earlier this week. I mean, when's the last time that a running back has been, you know, the tipping point for a team winning a Super Bowl? Defenses have won Super Bowls. Quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. How much money do you want to invest uh, on a running back? And, and Melvin Gordon's a damn good one. But has shown that you know he tends to miss you know a, a few games a, a season. But do you really want to take a, a, a make a huge investment in a running back when you know you know defenses do win Super Bowls and you know running backs are a nice compliment, but they're not the focal point of championship teams. Yeah, George. the The,
1: the last thing that we'll, we can get off the Gordon thing in a minute, but they actually are in a position to win the Super Bowl this year. And they don't want to pay Gordon. They also actually have two capable backups. We don't know exactly what Justin Jackson is. He's performed well in limited action. Eckler's performed well, period. So they actually have some depth at the position where they could lose Gordon. Now, would it be a too much of a shock to the system of the team when you are I mean, it's delicate, right? It can be a delicate balance. It would be too much of a shock to the system, a team trying to win the Super Bowl, window closing to get rid of Gordon in this scenario, George.
2: It's dangerous. It's certainly dangerous. I think what the Chargers are looking at is I think they're one of these teams that don't believe a running back is the uh, – that you should pay a running back. On a short shelf life, you're going to eat it. And I sort of get that. Gordon has been banged up in the past. It's not like he's a very – extremely durable back. that you can rely on a 16-game. Someone like uh, you know, Zeke Elliott generally stays healthy. Barkley, who looks like he'll uh, be that kind of back as well. So I think they're looking at it like that. I think they also know sh- their window is short. Yeah, right, it's it's not going to be you know that window's not going to be open for long because Rivers is up there in age, all right? Uh, he's also you and I talked about this yesterday. Rivers is also underpaid. He's only making twenty million, so he's severely underpaid as far as quarterbacks concerned. They know they gotta he's got to pay. Like Bosa. nine kids. They got to pay Henry. <laughs> yeah, so Rivers needs the money, man. He's got college educations to worry about. He
1: does. He's got uh, nine children. Go, fu- go <laughs> fund me. It's just another <laughs> segment altogether. Yeah, they
2: better start studying and get getting some scholarships. Uh, Pouncey's yeah. got to
1: get paid. Sure, sure. All right.
2: So but, they, they, the problem is they they've got guys they've got to pay there, and I'm sure they're thinking about this long term. That you know, Gordon may not be that guy you want to pay if, if he's going to cost you somebody else. I mean, the situation is similar to what the Cowboys are going through with Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. If you pay Elliott, maybe you can't pay Cooper, Dak, Byron Smith, Jalen, uh, Byron Jones, Jalen Smith. Somebody may have to go. It's it's that sort of thinking there, you know. And like I said, I don't I don't think the Chargers' ownership believes in paying the running back. This is where I don't I don't think they're going to come up significantly from ten million dollars. I think he can get more, sure. I think maybe eleven, eleven and a half. But if he wants Todd Gurley money, he wants not that fourteen to sixteen million dollar range. That's not going to happen with the Chargers. That's not going to happen. And I think that's the issue there. Yeah. I think that's the problem. And then the Chargers are going to have to look at it like this. All right, we're not going to pay him. Do we want to have? Every day, you have to answer questions about Melvin Gordon. You know, the, the media would go every day through camp, through the regular season. We have to answer questions about this, or do we want to trade him and probably not get full value in a trade? I mean, not, you know, you Dallas tried to trade Ezekiel Elliott, they wouldn't get three number ones, which is probably what he's worth. You yeah. know, Gordon's not going to get that value either. So, no but do you want to get rid of the talk? You know this way oh okay, we'll trade him to uh, just for argument's sake I don't think he'll be traded but th- just for arguments sake, we'll trade him to Houston we get I don't know two number twos whatever you know is it worth it to, to do that I'll do you that want to think, just take whatever we can get Houston. I'm just, that's, I'm just saying I don't know what the, I don't know what the deal would be but I'm just saying well it would be worth it for the charges to get rid of the the headache you know the talk the distraction shall we say and we don't we all know how football teams hate distractions right this would be a distraction
1: Next year's first round pick and third round pick for Gordon, and give him an extension. If you're the Texans, do you do it, Joe? One and the three next year.
3: Next year's yeah yeah one and the three next year. Next
1: year's one and three, and you're paying him. Let's just call it twelve million bucks. He's the fourth highest paid back.
3: I think I would. Would you? I think I would. I mean, what what are the? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, what what are the texans glaring need obviously they need uh, i mean lamar miller is their offensive line is terrible i mean but they drafted two guys uh, that's what i was going to say yeah yeah they drafted yeah so they drafted two guys
1: this year though to try to fix that Mm -hmm. it's up to the coaches Mm -hmm. now you can't bitch at the dm which is also the coach about not replacing it they they were terrible it's why they struggled. It's why they were like a Fugazi 12-4 and 4 team. You knew that they couldn't go anywhere. And it's also right. why they fired their GM. They just didn't feel like they were on the right path. So they spent the first two picks this year on uh, a tackle and a guard, the third pick on the tight end. But now they cut Deontay Foreman. They they drafted a running back in the seventh round. They have Taiwan Jones. Lamar Miller is the obvious starter. So, you know, they got some needs there. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they have to get Clowney back, or, or the defense has a lot less bite. They lost to Ron Matthew in the off season. Um but the defense is good. It's a good defense. Clearly up front it's very good. But I don't know. Um I'm not one normally to give up a lot for a running back, but this is a unique scenario where you have cap space and it might just align. You know, who who wants to keep Lamar Miller long term? Like honestly, I think he's proven to you what he is. He's he's okay if the offensive line is good, but I, I don't think he's much beyond that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, um, fantasy-wise, he's nothing special, right? I mean, it, it, not, not respected that way. And in a real-life uh, perspective, you know, he's he's okay. Uh, you know, it's like the Geico commercial says. The last year right. of his deal, But, uh, like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, look. George, this is uh, lining up. You know, it's happening. Depend- it's the last year
1: of his deal. It's happening, Joe. It's happening. <laughs> it's unlikely.
2: I mean, That's uh, your prediction, it's just huh? unlikely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. so you gotta, you gotta get the Chargers yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have to want to trade him. Houston has to want to give up some value in that trade, and then they have to want to sign him. That's three things that need to go uh, really to, uh, as far as a trade. Uh, I, I said it makes sense. You can say it makes sense over and over again. But you know, one thing to consider here is you know, Houston, as far as we know, they weren't even in on any running back during the offseason. If they thought running back was such an issue no. – you would have thought that they would have been made a little bit more noise during free agency, you know. I never releasing Foreman seems to be strange, uh, and it is. Yeah, I'd, uh, definitely a question. A question for Mr. Braddock when we talk to him in an hour. But uh, I don't. I said I don't think one has anything to do with the other. I just think it all does line up. We can make it makes sense. I think it absolutely makes sense. You could also look at it this way: Houston would be like they're a competitor this season, right? They're they're a good team. They can make some noise here. Well, Charges are a competitor. We're taking away one of the charges, best players, and adding them to our team. So, aren't we, uh, you know, two birds, one stone? You know, hurting one team, helping us. You can look at it that way, too. I said it makes perfect sense here. But then again, you know, you said he'd sign for 12 million. Maybe he won't. That's also the issue here. If he wants, if he really truly wants girly money, he wants 14 million. I don't know if anyone's signing him for that. He may have to sit out a long time, unless he just hates uh, playing in uh, Los Angeles. Maybe he hates the, the college stadium they're playing in, hell, the high school stadium they're playing in. You know, and that's why he wants that. Just not, whatever it might be, I just see this being very tough, very tough uh, for him to be traded. This is, I, think it, I think it probably should come down to it, because I think if, if you're a charger and you, you know you're not moving off $10 million, then you know you're not signing him. He's never coming down to that. So then you better get the value. You better get the most value you possibly can. But if you were charged, you also have to realize, you screwed this up. Because if you knew you were never coming off 10, then you should have traded him when his value would have been higher, which is at draft time, during the off season, where teams had more cap room, where teams might have needed a running back. I said, I can only name, it's really only two teams I can think of that need a running back, and I've gone through each team. And that would be Houston. And the Buccaneers. Buffalo, like I said, I think they're going to live with uh, the rookie, see what he can do before they make a decision to trade for a big name and big money. You know, and let's face it, Buffalo needs wide receiver help more than running back help anyway. So the market, I think, would be slim. I, I don't think the charge would get anywhere near the value they'd be hoping.
1: Yeah. And so now if the Texans t- trade for—
3: Houston. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, if the Texans ahead, uh, presume that the the two— the two players that they uh, added uh, on the offensive line, Sharping and Howard, are going to, you know, help fortify this offensive line. Do you think that they that, that Melvin Gordon is that final piece to take them from an 11 to five team to, to playing for the AFC Championship? I think that's that's the key. If they believe that Melvin Gordon could be that final piece to the puzzle. You know, uh, because they get, obviously the talented team with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, if Will Fuller could stay healthy, healthy, and you know Kiki Kute could uh, you know make make a little bit of an impact. I guess I agree. That's the yeah that that's it. I mean, if the if the Texans eleven stay, games in a row last Melvin year. Gordon like, is the difference. Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's not crazy but i would say that if they end up paying clowney and they were to pay gordon there goes all your cap space it's really it's almost gone with the two mm-hmm. players so look the chargers can get creative there's only 11 million in cap space on the books here according to over the cap but we saw the rams were up against it last year and they ended up signing indomakan ksu there's always ways you can move money around in order to free up cap space for this year they could extend phil rivers give him you know backload an extra year on phil rivers contract whatever you want to do there's ways to do it so i don't want to hear anybody saying well they only have 10 million in cap space they can't sign him for more than 10 million yes they can the rams had like a million and a half left in cap space last year and signed Dominican sue for 14 million bucks or whatever it was so anyway we spent a lot of time on that uh, other news, Yannick Ngakwe, It's a lot of AFC South news, just happens to be. Yannick Ngakwe reported to camp this morning. Uh, 11-day holdout for him. He's only making 835 grand in the final year of his rookie deal. He is looking for big-time pass rusher money. He's been great there. I think he is a piece that the Jags want long-term because they got some aging guys like Calais Campbell on that defense. Uh, Additionally, Colts coach Frank Reich said Andrew Luck will sit out the next three days of practice. So uh, he was not ready to take the next step. This affirms the team will continue to move their franchise play caller along slowly with an eye on week one. Now going on three months, Luck's calf injury injury is becoming a genuine concern, especially since he's currently being drafted as fantasy's QB number two. We'll talk about Andrew Luck when we come back. And we'll continue along the AFC South. We'll start with the Colts next. It's Mike, Joe, and George on Weekend Fantasy Update. Back to Weekend Fantasy Update on FNTSY and season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package. It's got the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the interwebs. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts provide dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. So save 10% at rotoexperts.com. With promo code FNTSY, that's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. I was just talking to the guys during the break. And, again, you find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Joe Galena, George Kurtz, Mike Blewett. Just those are our Twitter handles. So uh, I I went to see Lion King yesterday. Uh, It was uh, daddy day out. Uh, I let my wife have the break. She needed to do a little bit of work. She cleaned up around the house, got to relax a little bit, took the kids to the park. And then we immediately ran over to the movie theater and saw Lion King in town. And uh, I saw, I guess, I would somewhere between 45 and 50% of the movie because, <laughs> Joe, taking a 4-year-old and a 6-year-old to a movie by yourself is not was not a great decision. Now, I've already seen the Lion King cartoon, so I didn't have to see it. But this is sort of a live-action CGI kind of version of it. But it's the exact same plot, uh, nearly word for word mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. Um, I was more entertained at trying to figure out whose voices were whom's uh, than anything else. But
3: um, not an easy day at the movie theater for the kid, for me. Yeah, you're, you're a brave man. I mean, uh, when the kids were very young... <laughs> Uh, I don't think I would, <laughs> I would have the, the uh, intestinal fortitude to, to do that. I mean, uh, since then, you know, you, when, when they're young, you know, we went to see, uh, you know, the, the Godzilla movies uh, together, me and my son. But to take a four and a six-year-old, uh, if one of them has to go to the bathroom, then you got to get up, and, and like you said, I mean, it, it's 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 uh, a you're bringing half the house with you probably as well, right? You know, yeah. the snacks yeah, yeah. and a bag so full God stuff. bless you. You're you're a good dad. You're yeah, you're a
1: good dad. I lucked out <laughs> on the bathroom. I lucked out on the bathroom breaks. But as George, as I m- mentioned to you guys during the break, my son has the questioning capacity of a federal prosecutor uh, on an off day. <laughs> so to take him to a movie where there's a plot twist, like there is in Lion King, the plot it's not a plot twist, but you know, for him, for a six year old to be able to understand, like why uh, Scar kills Mufasa, his own brother and what happens when he falls into the stampede. Like, there's just a lot of questions. And with my four-year-old sitting on my lap asking for popcorn and the other one hammering me with questions, I was like sweating in the movie theater, uncomfortable. It just was not, uh, perhaps not my best decision, but I was trying to trying to do the right thing. I, just, I think it'll be a while before I do that again. I did eat popcorn, though, despite our tooth-cracking... Despite us being a tooth-cracking duo, I did eat popcorn again yesterday. I don't know why. I just couldn't resist. That's okay.
2: I ate the pistachio nuts again yeah, last can. night, too. So, uh, <laughs> hey, you got to get back to the well.
1: Yeah. Joe, George and I both cracked our teeth uh, in the last week. Me on popcorn. He on pistachio. you kidding me. Um, yeah, wow. I got mine fixed. He is, uh, I think he's lining his up, but I got mine fixed already. Yeah, bad times.
3: That's How about that? Over. So, uh good okay. to hear that guys.
1: So we uh all right, so we got a few things here, a few other pieces of news. Let's start with the Colts. This luck thing now as we said right before the break. It's I, I'm sort of stunned by it. I was like, ah, calf injury. What's the big deal? It'll be fine, you know. It started three months ago and here we are. He went to the coaches and said it's not getting better. I think I think he was sort of open about saying, like, like with my shoulder injury, I just wasn't really talking to people about it. It wasn't keeping people up to date, and that probably hurt me. So in this instance, I'm being honest with the coaches and resting them. So you can't help but have a concern, Joe, at this point, because obviously they're being cautious. It's a calf injury. You figure we still got – what do we got? We got more – we got like 35 days before these games go off. Um he should be fine. But he's had it for three months. I oh. saw Kevin Durant have a calf injury for weeks and weeks and weeks. Comes back, tries to play, blows out his Achilles. So mm-hmm. I mean at this point, are you just passing on luck as the Q B two? Are you passing on luck altogether? What's your strategy here in drafts?
3: Well, a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the Scotty Fishbowl uh, draft, he was my number one uh, quarterback that I took. So I really had high hopes uh, for Andrew Luck. And I- they've been dashed a little bit and it's very concerning and you mentioned uh you know frank Wright, the colts head coach brought it uh, the kevin durant situation into play he just mentioned it and of course people run with it you know kevin durant coming back from that uh, calf injury then tearing his achilles so uh i had real high hopes for uh, luck after last year you know that uh, the colts had fortified that offensive line which had been horrible for such a long time and uh, you know uh it's definitely concerning because now you know he's not gonna practice for a week so that you know I've heard somebody say that you know missing like a a week of practice is like missing you know, I think you equated to missing like a you know six weeks or whatnot it's like it's you hope that it's not gonna delay uh you know his ability to to play like Andrew luck once the season starts so uh, and you're right this. I don't know about you guys, but I just found out about this within the past week or so, right? I didn't realize there was a, a three-month issue. George, you passing on luck in drafts? Am I passing on
2: luck in drafts? Um, I, you've been asking night, I don't know if it was you or, you or Cam that asked the question yesterday. <laughs> I've dropped him in my rankings. I think you have to. Uh, he does seem to be a slow healer, right? It was very slow from the shoulder, now very slow from the calf. Uh, injury that's lingering on for this long, for three months, and uh, listen, I knew about the injury. We, we most of us knew about the injury, but I I wasn't all that worried about it. He had the injury in May. Same. I, you certainly think it's yeah. going to be healed by now, uh. And they they never made it sound like it was all that bad. They was still lingering, and it's more than just a, uh, a calf pull. It's a tear. It's got to be a tear there that wasn't taken mm. care of. Now I don't care that he misses a, a week of practice now. Don't care. You know, theoretically, okay. if he missed a week could be back by the eleventh or twelfth. He still has almost a month to get ready. That's fine. Fine. But, you know, I think you have to lower him in your rankings. You know, originally I think I had him at number three, where I would have taken Mahomes and Deshaun Watson ahead of him. And that was it. He was right up there maybe with Aaron Rodgers, uh, Matt Ryan. And now I would certainly take Rodgers and uh, Ryan ahead of him. So I've, got, I've dropped him to five in my rankings. Once again, it's, it's August 4th. You talk to me again in two weeks when really the draft season really heats up and he's still not practicing? Well, then he's probably out of the top ten. You know, what, you don't need to take a chance at quarterback. You don't now. I'm not knocking Joe. I would have taken him in the Scott Fishbowl as well. You know that draft happened oh, on, yeah. over a, just about Thank a him. month ago. He was. <laughs> we didn't hear any bad things. If Luck would have been available to me, I would have taken him. You know. I think once again the information changes here because a month ago, well, it was dead time in the NFL. That's why the Scott Fishbowl happens during this time because there's really no news going out. And we thought Luck would be fine. So you really can't knock anybody for drifting Luck early. But now, like I said, I dropped the number five. I would take Mahomes, Watson, Rogers, Ryan ahead of him. I would still take him ahead of Newton. we are probably debate on Mayfield and Wentz, but odds are for me, I would just let, I'd probably let Luck be someone else's problem in a one quarterback league. I I don't want to deal That's with it right now because I am worried. Uh, but I think in the end here, if he, if he practices in a week, I'm fine. Uh, he'll be, you know, once again, I'll move him back up. But if he's out, if, and you know, he doesn't come back on the 10th, the 11th, if he's out to the 20s, then I get much more worried.
1: Yeah, I'm with George on this. If you're drafting this week, let it be somebody else's problem. We're all waiting on QBs anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Superflex makes it more complicated, but we're all waiting on QBs anyway. I'm probably not going to have Andrew Luck on any teams this year because he's actually going as the second or third quarterback off the board, this injury aside. So, you know, I'm waiting anyway. So I'm, I'm waiting to get guys late. You know, there's there's plenty of guys right now. I'm looking at the NFFC ADPs just in the last week. You see guys like Cam Newton at 12, James Winston at 13, Roethlisberger at 14, Trubisky, Rivers. Those are all like, those are after 11 or 12, those guys. And hell, if I waited, and Drew Brees started slipping, he's the eighth quarterback off the board, but he's going at an average of 101 overall, so... You could do that math. It's you know we're in. Like you would the take a chance on uh, right Cam. Here. I probably won't have
3: I mean, the guy- many shares of him. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not averse to Yeah, that. I mean, they have a lot of weapons. I mean, he said he had to change his whole throwing. Uh, you know, the way he's throwing me. the ball and coming off of surgery. That's that's scary to me. That's just as scary as what what Luck is going through. I mean, I guess the fact that that, that right. Newton is actually throwing the ball in practice is a little bit encouraging. But the fact that this guy had to relearn how to throw the ball based on you know a shoulder injury that's that's scary to me. Yeah. And George and I have talked about it. It does concern
1: me, definitely. I'm just saying, considering where you're getting cam and where, where you can, where how long you can wait to get him compared to where you you would at least before this news came out today, where you were having to take luck. Like it's just a better risk uh, for me. Um, but I'm probably not going to have much of cam. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about the Jameis thing either. A lot of people are high on Jameis just because of Arians and they think. You know, I, I do think the team could be trailing. That's what I'll say about Jameis. Uh, whether or not he's the Bucks' long-term guy, I think that remains to be seen. And I don't know that Jameis is going to have a great NFL season, but I think fantasy-wise there will just be enough numbers there. i also yep. got Ben and Trubisky, Rivers. Trubisky and Rivers are my two Scott Fishbowl quarterbacks. I didn't have to spend any kind of serious draft capital on those guys at all. And I think those guys mm-hmm. can combine for 60 or more touchdowns. Uh, I I just think that's where their offenses are at, and I waited all day to draft. So let's keep going on the Colts then. First of all, um, I'm going to bring up their schedule. We'll do that. We'll actually pause on that. Let's do the the depth chart first because I want to take a look at some of these guys and what your thoughts are on them. So, George, I'll go with you first on the running back trio – Last year, people thought Jordan Wilkins might step in as a rookie and have an impact. Naeem Hines had a game or two in there and then kind of disappeared really down the stretch in the playoffs. But Marlon Mack was your best waiver wire pickup uh, last year. I, I, I said, I've said it a number of times. Marlon Mack was easily my worst transaction last year. I had kept him in a league, and then when the Colts were like 1-5 and five and he wasn't on the field, I had to release him. I just needed another player, and it bit me big time. I lost to a team that had that picked up Marlon Mack in the semifinals of that league. So not only did I release him, but I got beat by him because Mack had a huge game against me. Um, but thoughts on Marlon Mack this year? Where he's going in drafts? You like him? You see yourself owning him this year?
2: Well, I do own him in a, 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 a heavy keeper league. Oh, no, it is a dynasty league. Can I take that back? So it is a dynasty league. I do own him in there. So uh, I like Marlon Mack. Running back, too. Uh, he's not built like an Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, where he's going to get all those touches. He, he, they do need a, a caddy with him. And uh, more than someone who's just going to be a, a handcuff. And I think that person will likely be Wilkins. But, uh, well, it remains to be seen there. But it uh, could be Hines as well. Jonathan Williams is also there. Uh, both Mac. He can catch the ball. Assuming, by the way, if Lev Lucks out long term, forget all of this. You know, if, if Luck were ever to miss mm-hmm. games, I don't right. want anybody on this team. We've we've seen that nightmare Bear before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, but if, assuming Luck plays, and I don't want to, I'm not ringing alarm bells about Luck. I think he will play it. You know, I think the calf will get settled down and healed, and everybody will be fine. So you'll be fine with Hilton. You'll be fine with Mac. You'll be fine with uh, Ebron or Doyle, whichever way you want to go there. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, Mac is going to be the first and second down guy. And Hines right now looks like to be the third down guy. I think this could change during the season. Yeah, we know it's Spencer Ware. Is, uh, I think he'll be released with an injury settlement, so I don't think you're worried about him anymore. Uh, I think, like I yep. said, the second and third backs are more, uh, mm, you know, money gets the we'll see what happens. We're going to ride the hot guy Who's ever playing well, he'll play behind Mac. that sort of thing. I don't think there'll be one guy each and every week with the rest of the season. I don't think they have that there. So I think Williams, uh, Wilkins, and Hines all will have opportunities there with Hines getting first shot.
1: Yeah, Heinz did catch sixty three passes last year. That uh, might be a, a surprising number, but uh, clearly early in the year, in particular, when Mac wasn't around, they were utilizing Heinz uh, as a you know right out of the right out of the gate rookie. So Mac right now on NFFC, seventeenth running back off the board, he's going behind. Carry on Johnson and Leonard Fournette in front of Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry. Uh, do you like, where do you put Mac in that list, Joe? Johnson, Fournette, Mac, Freeman, Jacobs, Henry. Uh, you think he's right in the middle? You like him more than uh, all of those guys? Well,
3: I definitely like him more than uh, Fournette. Uh, who are the other guys you mentioned? Just
1: carry on Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry.
3: Yeah, I mean, about the Freeman. What's the, what's the deal with him? We're always afraid of him missing time, uh, but when he plays, uh, you know, he, he's productive. I think I would take Mac ahead of Freeman, believe it or not. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, you know, Fournette. Uh, you know, uh, I'm off of him. He just, just scares me. Just on the field, off the field, uh, it's his head just head is just not there. Yeah, I I, I like. I, I think I would take on Johnson, that that's a toss-up. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of big things for for on Johnson uh, this season, but uh, Mac, like uh, George had said, he doesn't have the body type like a Zeke Elliott, but uh, I think he's a durable guy that'll you know just ground it out, uh, grind it out for, for 16 games. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, like I said, the biggest loser out of that little group there for me is Fournette. Yeah, we'll
1: talk about the uh, the Jags a little bit later on the show. But, George, receiving core, uh, the Colts worked out Brandon Marshall. I, I can't believe he's still playing. Yay! But he worked out with the Colts. Yeah. Uh, he's not fantasy relevant. But uh, T.Y. Hilton is. They drafted Paris Campbell, rookie. Deion Cain was a guy last year that we heard right around this time. Could be a sleeper. Could get a starting role in Indianapolis. Then he tore his ACL, and that was done. So we can continue to talk about the Colts after the break. But T. Y. Hilton still an elite fantasy wide receiver. Who else uh, is going to be catching passes for this team? It, it may very well be the tight ends, but anybody else you see as a viable wide receiving option on this team?
2: Well, uh, you know, it's so funny, and then. Uh... I'm debating about in a keeper league. I have two choices. Uh, both, uh, you lose the round, you pick the guy in. Funches or Tevin Coleman. And I want to believe in Funchess. They give you a goal line guy there. In the end, I'll, I'll keep the running back in Coleman. But Funches is the guy I think you want next there. Uh, I think Ebron and Doyle, they're going to cannibalize each other.
1: I'm with you. We'll talk more. We'll talk about Colts tight ends on the other side of the break. It's Mike, Joe, and George on Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll be right back. A legitimate, creepy intro from um, our producer, Sean Engel. Shout-out to Sean. <laughs> uh, bringing us back. Talking cults here. George, you you said, what was the round association with those two players? You mentioned Funchess and Coleman. What round would you have to give up uh, for each of those guys?
2: I believe one is round nine and one is round eight, with Coleman being the round eight guy. So, uh... 9 and 8?
1: Uh, I would definitely take Coleman just because 8 isn't expensive. But I don't know where I'm at on Devin Funches. I don't think much of him, but I think he's going from an inaccurate overall inaccurate passer in Cam Newton to a far more accurate passer in Luck. Obviously put the injury discussion aside for a moment on Luck, but I still don't know if I'm a believer in Funches. He's such a big target the potential was there i remember you and i probably like two seasons ago like this could be the guy that you're getting late wide receiver three wide receiver four range that could vault in the top 25 and then just nothing uh so i can't say i'm a believer there i'll take coleman every time on that um you did mention now before the break i'll I'll throw it back to joe though Joe, the tight ends, obviously Ebron has this breakout last year, scores a million touchdowns, and Doyle was hurt allowing him to do that. But Doyle's coming back now. There's no reason for me to think that Luck has just forgotten about Doyle because of the success that he had with Ebron last year. I think, conceivably, this team is going to roll with Mack. They have a nice pass catching back in Hines. Wilkins, maybe that uh, spell back for, uh, for Mack sharing carries you obviously have ty hilton who takes the top off the defense he's an elite wide receiver for fantasy purposes we're talking about funches deon kane paris campbell i have paris campbell in my dynasty league so i like him i like his opportunities in this organization long term but he's a rookie uh and then you have the two tight ends realistically if you mapped out the catches it could be hilton doyle ebron hines like those could be the top four right joe
3: Yeah, I mean, but like you said, uh, Luck and and Doyle, they have a history, I mean, uh, together. And uh, I think the way I would work it out is like in leagues where uh, you're getting – six points per touchdown, I think maybe I'd favor Ebron a little bit more. I think he has a, a more of a red zone presence, and uh, other yeah. than that, and four, point t- four points uh, per touchdown, I think I'd, I'd favor Doyle. Now, Doyle's going real late. I, I got him, I'm doing this uh, Rasble, uh draft now. It's a slow draft. I picked up Doyle uh, in the 12th round, and uh, in the same uh, draft, Ebron went in the 10th. It's a 12-team league. So, uh, I mean, I like both of them. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough for Ebron to rep the 13 touchdowns he scored last season. But I do think that he's more the touchdown threat. But uh, Luck uh, loves throwing the ball, the ball to Doyle. I think he's uh, uh, better in that, that PPR, that full-point PPR format.
1: George, given those prices, which guy would you want? Joe just talked about his draft, Ebron in the 10th, Doyle in the 12th.
2: Ebron, have Doyle in the 12th. Uh, I do think they're going to cannibalize each other somewhat. We know Luck uh, he used Ebron a lot last year, and uh, especially in the he end did. zone. I think Fontes could hurt them both as well because he's really, you know, when you think of Funtis, he's also really a wide receiver, a tight end playing wide receiver, also a big I guy, agree. not much speed, but I a good target. So I think that, yeah, I think it's a problem here for all of it. It's why I, I won't be taking any of them as far as the tight ends, uh, Ebron and Doyle. I'm not, I'm going to stay away and find somebody else. Give me the Joku around that same uh, time with McDonald, uh, that I just, I'm not, I'm not going to want to play the game trying to figure it out. So if I have to figure it out, though, I'll take Doyle in the 12th. I'll take the value two rounds later, you know, pay a lesser price. But I think, uh, like I said, all three of these guys are almost the same player. And that's going to be an issue here. I think it's good for Luck. As he'll, he'll find guys in the end zone, assuming he's healthy. But I think as far as trying to figure out, do I start Ebron, Doyle? You know, is it fun just to go this week? Good luck with that. I don't want to deal with that headache.
1: I understand that. I understand that theory, and when you're talking about guys like Vance McDonald that have an opportunity to break out right now in NFFC, and those drafts will look different than your home league drafts. Vance McDonald is the eighth tight end off the board now. I think, I think experts have bought into Vance McDonald having a real opportunity with all the catches that left with Antonio Brown. I think there's a thought process that Vance McDonald is going to be sort of this year's step up tight end. You know, Ebron was last year's, but people think Vance McDonald could be that guy. I don't know. I you know, I'm a Steelers fan and clearly he's had some big games, Joe, but I don't know that Vance McDonald is the type that will be there, would be a consistent target for Ben. I would like to see that as a Steelers fan because it would take some pressure off of Juju Smith, but yeah, so I don't know. That's uh, I'm not sure on Vance McDonald. How about you? Just real quick on McDonald before we get back to the Colts and Jaguars.
3: Well, you know the Steelers better than I do, but just over the years when you look at uh, how they've used their tight ends, yeah, you know, Big Ben will throw to them, but I don't remember uh, any tight end of theirs really having a superstar season. You know, you, you could usually count on their tight ends for, what, 40, 50 catches, you know, Jesse James and yeah. whatnot, and, and like you said, there are other mouths to feed. He yeah, passing team, and he didn't
1: have big seasons yeah. like that.
3: Right, was right. Then you also have, really, you know, there's
1: a really good NFL tight end, and he, he just didn't, he didn't. have seasons like that. Just not a. So.
3: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, um, the Moncrief is there, and uh, Washington. So, uh, I don't know if I expect a huge year out of McDonald.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So we'll get, let's get to the Colts' uh, win total here. Uh, I just I'll talk about their defense really quickly. It's a good defense. They added Justin Houston. Uh, I think people need to remember that, that the Chiefs moved on from Justin Houston and D. Ford, and now Justin Houston is there. He's a little bit of an older player, but I think in limited snap counts, Justin Houston can be effective. They obviously got Darius Leonard last year. He was an all-pro in his first year. They've drafted consistently. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball to try to fix things and up front. And in this draft alone, they added one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more defensive players um, to pair up with Paris Campbell on the offensive side of the ball. There's only two offensive draft picks, but they added seven guys who are all in right now Most of them are in that two deep. Bobby Okereke, a linebacker out of Stanford, I'd keep an eye on him long-term in Dynasty Leagues, IDP Dynasty Leagues. I drafted him in mine, and you should uh, consider somebody like Bobby Okereke uh, to potentially take over from Anthony Walker down the road. But good defense. We'll go game by game here, guys. I'm going to bring up the Colts' schedule, and the over-under, according to FanDuel, sportsbook is 95 the odds on them to make the to win the division uh, minus one hundred five, so it's basically even money. The Texans are plus two eighty, Jaguars plus four thirty, t- Titans plus five fifty. So Colts are pretty significant favorite for now, um, and obviously to make the playoffs there. Uh, I just want to see what the money is for them if I can find it. Indianapolis Colts minus one seventy eight, plus one forty two. No, so if you're Buying that luck is going to be out, you're getting good odds on no. So here we go, game by game. Uh, I'm going to go. George will let you answer uh, these games first, and then, Joe, you can chime in on this schedule. The Colts open at the Los Angeles Chargers, George.
2: Well, and that that's a that's a tough. Op- this is a tough opening schedule for for them in September, by the way, it is. the first week in October. Uh, Chargers, one of the best teams in the uh, AFC, maybe the, the best. That's a loss.
1: Okay, uh, Joe.
3: Yeah, I'm with them. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're presuming now that Luck is going to be starting week one. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's to. still going to be a tough think, game I think on think the there's road. there's no way to. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think there's it. They luckily they hang they hung on to Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I just think it cha- mm-hmm. it really changes the. I, I think they could win a whole bunch of games with Jacoby Brissett. I just think it throws cold water on any expectations beyond that into January and February. Right. Um, all right. So they take the L against the Chargers. Then they go to Tennessee. This is so. Let me just frame it at L A chargers at tennessee hosting atlanta hosting the raiders and then at kansas city when george said that first five games before the early bye week those are tough so george back to you on the titans at titans
2: yeah i think in the division overall it's going to give him a four and two record in the division i think uh i think you said it earlier when we uh started this uh the afc south i think this is the best best division top to bottom in football most competitive. I think all these teams can make an argument that they're the best team or that they're a player they're a wild card team. I do think Indianapolis is the best team. Once again, yes, assuming luck is healthy. But I can say that about every quarterback uh, in this division. So uh, I'm going to give a 4-2 record in the division. So whether that there's a Tennessee loss or not, you can pick that as you like.
3: Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, see, I'll okay. They're going
2: to, gonna, to they're gonna, they're gonna lose one game. game to Jacksonville or one game to Houston. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them a win here against Tennessee. They always oh. seem to beat Tennessee. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, they're excellent against Tennessee. Pat McAfee got on stage in Nashville to announce the Bobby the Bobby Okereke draft pick. This is really funny, and he just went off on the Titans. It was very funny. Uh, you can. He's on Barstool Sports. He does shows there, and he was talking about how he didn't. He was a punter, and he's like, I don't really. Uh, I didn't really punt much down here because we were so consistently beating you. And uh, beating the Titans and the fans started booming. It was very funny, though. If you have a chance, go go look it up. But Pat McAfee announcing the draft pick this year was classic. Uh, okay, so Joe, you had him beaten, beating the Titans there. Uh, how about uh, Atlanta, hosting Atlanta?
3: Very, very tough game. First home game of the season. Uh, I'll say in a high scoring affair. Uh, they squeak one out. George?
2: This is a rough one. This is one of those, what I like to call 50-50 games. If it was in Atlanta, I'd pick, it, I'd pick Atlanta. It's in uh, Indianapolis. I'll go with the home team in Indianapolis. I like Atlanta. I've actually picked on the world to be my representative in, this NFC for the, uh, in the NFC for the Super Bowl. But uh, Indianapolis is a damn good to team too. That. give
1: me the Colts. And you'll have them beating the Raiders as well, George? Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Then at Kansas City, that's probably an L, right? Yeah. Agree, Both of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, then they ho- they host Houston. George has that lined up. Uh, Joe, I would assume you'll take them beating Houston at home,
3: uh, right? Yeah, but not an easy game, but yeah, then, uh, I'll have them uh, beat yeah. Houston at home, yes. <laughs> and then they host Denver.
1: I think we'll give you a W there. Oh, that's a win. Mm-hmm. At Pitt, yeah. at Pittsburgh, I think we all know that's a loss. Uh, but <laughs> do you know, we? Wow! <laughs> no debate there. No, no debate there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no debate. Looks I do have it top 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 as a, top top I do top 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 have top it, top top as top. it as a
2: loss. But that's another one of these, another one of these close gains. If it was in Indianapolis, I'd probably feel the other way. I do not think Pittsburgh's anywhere near a great team here. Uh, but I don't. Like I said, I mean, how many wins? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get Pittsburgh the win here. It'd be a, it'll be a damn good game
3: though. That would be. I'll give the one. Pittsburgh. Uh, right the uh, I'll give season. Pittsburgh a win, but I don't appreciate bullying, bullying us and stuff. That so I feel a little
1: uncomfortable <laughs> right now. Um, <laughs> dolphins, <laughs> dolphins are terrible. We're gonna go there. Uh, George, you had the Jacksonville. Joe, I think you give him Jacksonville the home. They're at home against Jacksonville. You give him the loss against Houston on the road, right, Joe? Yes. Yeah. They're, they're split the season okay. series. Season yes. Uh, and then they have Tennessee at home. We'll give him the win there. And then here's a couple. So at Tampa, at New Orleans. George, you first on those.
2: All right. Well, I think Tampa would give him the win there. Uh, New Orleans, uh, it's so hard. It's a Monday night game in that dome. Forget it. That'd be party central there. Uh, I'm going to give the, the win to New Orleans there. Even though I do wonder... Once again, late in the season, if Drew Brees is going to slow down again, that arm's not going to have the same, uh, same power, this could be a problem against the high-scoring offense like Indianapolis that can like, score points there. So I worry about this, but it's so hard to pick up, pick against New Orleans at home in the first place, unless on a Monday night.
3: Give me the Saints.
1: Uh-oh. Joe, you uh, with George there. Uh, Saints uh, yeah. Saints lost. Out
3: with George, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yes. And then the last two, they host Carolina. And then at Jacksonville. So, George, you have sort of have it lined up here. Would um, you we'd have them beating Carolina? Yeah, I, have them be- I
2: don't think Carolina is all that great. I think they're looking at a 7-9, 8-8 eight eight season. And uh, I already said Jacksonville. Once again, these, the last game of the season always is iffy. Because what we know, it doesn't mean anything to Jacksonville. Might not mean anything to Indianapolis. Maybe they have things wrapped up already. But I have a win against Carolina, loss against Jacksonville.
1: No, I think you're probably going to have the same thing. You're both at 11 and 5. And I'm actually at 10 and the six. 50, 50, 50, yeah. Are you?
2: Yeah, that's I what I had that? him at, 10 and 6. I think you might okay. have given him something that I didn't give him.
1: Maybe. Um, maybe it's just the so, Steelers game. <laughs> yeah, possible. I gave him two, yeah, I gave him two losses because they're going to be, get beaten so badly. Or uh, in any event. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 10 and 10 and 6 but you admit that there's some 50-50 games in there George that Atlanta game that Pittsburgh game you know it's a good enough honestly it's a good enough team that they'll be in every game you know I, the NFL is what it is and we see blowouts we see all this kind of stuff but if luck's good to go we got a lot of pass catching guys on here that defense looked good last year uh, the culture of the type of team that you know 12 and 4 wouldn't shock you right 8 and 8 would but 12 and four wouldn't stun me. Uh, it's just a really good division. I think that's why you you probably have them down at 10 and six or 11 and five. A lot of people will correct.
2: Yeah, I think listen, I think it's uh, they're a good team. Uh, listen, I, we, you mentioned the fifty-fifty games where you picked against them, but they're also uh, picked for them. I should say, but there are also 50-50 games we picked against them. You know, we gave the other uh, road uh, the yep. road, the road team a win here, and that could go well, that could go their way as well. I think they're ten and 6, 11 and five. I think it's about where they are. Once again, uh, assuming Luck is healthy.
1: Yeah, they were a one and five team that ended up at eleven and six at one point after beating the Texans in the playoffs. So it was an amazing run. We'll see if they can carry the momentum after this. So we'll come back for hour number three after this.